and let the bottle of chemistry open. Science. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Princess Mononoke in kind of the beginning of like a hopefully a series where we're going to go through all of the Studio Ghibli films. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, Studio Ghibli uh, was uh, is a uh, Japanese animation studio. Kind of like, you know, this is comparing it to Western stuff, which I don't want to do. But if you're if and I'm pretty sure everybody knows what Studio Ghibli is, but it's kind of like the Pixar of uh, if, Eastern animation. If it was animation. better than Pixar. If it was better than Pixar in every Because it way. is. Um, like, yeah, it, I don't like every single movie of theirs you watch. You're just like, oh, they're flexing on literally everybody who ever tried to animate anything at any yeah. point in time. It's their movies are beautiful. Almost all of them I would consider perfect movies, the ones that I've seen. Um, yes, so far, yes. I yeah. haven't seen many. Yeah, the the ones that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Spirited Away. I oh, haven't dude. seen. I know, that's one of the essentials. I haven't gotten around to it. Um, yeah. I haven't seen Porco Rosso. I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle. Um, I haven't seen his two most recent films, the one that's autobiographical and the 3D animated one. I think I've seen the rest, but I might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch. Yeah, uh, the other thing we should probably talk about is that we were going to do an episode on Akira today. Yeah. Um, then I was a dumbass <laughs> and let the Hulu account that I was using uh, run out of time. <laughs> um, so we couldn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we'll um, save it for a future episode. Yeah. Um. This movie fucking rules. Oh, for sure. And and right off like, the bat, I want to say there's like, there's a very clear message to this movie. And the, the message is, you know, nature will kill humans. So we have to kill it first. It's very clear that this is yes, the message that's we should exactly get what from this movie. So we have to yeah, destroy obviously. all the nature, yeah, kill all yeah. the boars, all the wolves, all the trees, <laughs> rip it all down. Murder the monkeys, murder them. Yeah, that's, it's a very clear message. It's, it's hard to miss. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I will say, like I said, I have not seen many Studio Ghibli films. I have seen Spirited Away. I have seen, um, oh, Kiki's Delivery Service. And I've seen this. Um, and before this, I would have, like, I always thought that, like, Kiki's Delivery Service was the best that I had seen. But Spirited Away is my favorite. And now... I think Princess Mononoke, I don't know, because Kiki's Delivery Service is perfect on another level. It's very good. It's very, very, very good. good. It is like perfectly put together in a way that is kind of insane. But this movie is awesome. I, I was not ready for a like Studio Ghibli thriller because that's what this is. Oh, for sure. Thriller, like action thriller. And it's awesome it is the opening sequence is one of my favorite things just so good um and like just the animation and the way like the whole plot goes over and this is i think another movie where we don't go beat for beat one because this is a very long movie yeah two because like the plot it's another one of those movies where it's like it's just a plot that you kind of go on the ride for it's you don't really want it spoiled, but it's also not huge amounts of spoilers. 
Yeah, and it, it moves very fast. This movie, yeah, it's two and a, it's two hours and fifteen minutes long, but it feels like you're watching it for a good four or five hours, not because you're bored, but because just so much happens. You know, yeah, it it definitely immerses you. Um, mm-hmm. And like one other thing, and I when when I was watching it, I deemed this. I was like, this is the best sounding movie I have ever heard. It's it the just, sound design and the music together. It's so yeah. good. And it reminds me of a movie that isn't in principle not actually very similar, but also kind of really is. Um, it's a movie called Wizards, which I don't think you've seen. I don't I know not. if I've shown you Wizards. I have this is the Wizards, first time I've heard of it. Wizards is insane, and it's a movie I have a soft spot for. We have it on Blu-ray for some reason. My dad <laughs> bought it and we watched it, and I, I love it. It is made by the same person who made the rotoscope Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. What's okay. his name? I can't remember. His I don't name. know his name, but I know I, I love that movie, the but, animated Lord of the Rings. Yes. He made wizards, which is also a fantasy, but very different, like future sci-fi fucked up post-apocalyptic earth. Mm. Um, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. But there are certain elements that very much remind me of this in the way that they sound. Um, and it's also partially because of the error, I think. Um, yeah. It's Wizards is very good. And it's a movie I actually think we should watch for this show at some point. When was it made? Uh, the wi- Wizards 80s, I believe. Okay, because this um, movie is so 97. I, yeah. I, wait, let me actually see. Research time. Go to Google. Oh, Wizards was made in 1977. <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, nice. Oh, wow. And this also has a stacked cast. Mark Hamill and David Preval. Holy shit. I got to watch this movie again. Damn. All right. Whatever. Wizards, we should talk about another day. Because okay. uh, there's something, the way it portrays war, because the main villain, I actually don't want to spoil it for you. It's, it is very brutal in a way that is very interesting to watch um i'll have to go to your house because i'm doubting that movie is anywhere on streaming yes which kind of sucks because i i would like to do this in a way where it's like have everybody watch it before so we can come talk about this as like a podcast community or whatever podcast community that's yeah um but we should watch that yeah it sounds interesting um this movie is uh it's different than most studio Ghibli films while also also sorry it might be Ghibli it might be Ghibli it might be something totally different I have no idea how to pronounce it Um, I might just lean more towards calling them Miyazaki films yeah okay Uh, for those who don't know there's a guy named Hadao Miyazaki and he's the guy who basically who founded the Ghibli corporation and like makes all these movies and is just an ex he is a master in how to tell stories like you know this guy just understands the fundamentals of how to tell an amazing story and how to tell a unique story yeah every single time um and god this movie just looks so good well all, all Miyazaki's yeah all yes, Miyazaki but in a way incredible. that because it strays so far away from the usual formula of like beautiful Mm-hmm. that I think you could call most Miyazaki films. This movie is like, it's a thriller and it's about nature and how powerful it is and how we are poisoning it mm-hmm. very specifically. And how it's it portrays that is 
just awesome to see from an animation studio that is unmatched and just in its skill and talent for and, sure uh, it's very good you know what i found kind of interesting <clears throat> so when i was <clears throat> excuse me so when i was watching the movie right this movie would not have been made if godzilla didn't exist i'm gonna back up for a second here because godzilla is very clearly not even hidden is like an an allegory no 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 a, a, um, it's 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 it is like it's the, the original Im- movie not the way we think about it and i haven't seen the original movie it's one that i very much want to watch mm-hmm. maybe we can do it for this series it's on hbo max yeah we so, can do like something like that uh yeah that's a movie about world war ii and yeah and more specifically bomb... yeah the nuclear yeah. bombs or I mean, even how, like, like even Godzilla's backstory is a nuke was dropped and the radiation hit an iguana. The iguana yeah. grew 500 times its size. Anyway. Is that the original origin? Um, I, I believe so. I haven't, again, I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, I am It's hard to sure. talk about very explicitly about how the nuclear bomb completely changed Japan in a way that is kind of horrifying. Yeah, and so the whole... America... <laughs> <laughs> we are amazing. Um, we so okay. That the reason Godzilla is so popular is because it hit home in so many Japanese households, because it's like you know, this horrible attack happened to them. Most people had family members in Nagasaki and Hiroshima who were d- killed during this, and so when this movie came out, and it's very clearly you know representing not just in how Godzilla is created but in how he rampages and destroys entire cities, it's very clearly representing the nuclear bombs. And so that's why that franchise still exists today because it's like really important to people. And it's not because if it, if there was no nuclear bombs and it's just a movie about, Oh, big iguana stomps on buildings. I'm there. Wouldn't be a new Godzilla movie coming out in two years or something like that. Yes. And Uh, that's also why I think we should watch that. And also Shin Godzilla. I want to watch you know Shin Godzilla movie? so yeah. bad, dude. Oh my god, that movie both of those looks crazy. The way we know about Godzilla in America and like the legendary pictures Hollywood version is not at all what Godzilla is really about and kind yeah. of disconnects it completely from its origins. Not tr- also not totally true because the Toho era of Godzilla where he's just like beats the shit out of tons of different monsters is yeah. also Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla versus Ghidorah. There's a ton of versus titles in there. Yeah. Um, but um, the reason I connect this movie to Godzilla is one, it's Japanese origin, but two, it's a movie about and uh, in this one, the allegory to poisoning nature, which is part of what Godzilla is, you know, except it's us. We did the Americans. We poisoned nature by dropping the atomic bombs and nature came back to attack the Japanese in the form of Godzilla. So whereas this one, there's not as much of a connection to, Oh, it's the Americans who did this. I, I find that connection of poisoning the earth to the point where the earth fights back. I, I found like when I was watching the movie, I was getting not Godzilla vibes and how it was made, but I was like making that connection almost subconsciously, especially at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I won't get into what happens just in case you haven't seen the movie, but a thing happens at the end and yeah, 
it's we'll get into spoiler territories later. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I agree. There's part of the nature of fighting back, and there's also a lot about how the way we have very violently torn apart the world uh, has created a an aura of like hate and poison yeah that has touched the earth is i think a very big part of the story and it's very good uh I, and there's I, even more there's so much more to it than that too yeah i mean i also like the fact so um this movie is okay i'm not i'm not i'm not like joking around here but it does have a, this movie has a clear message that you get but yes. the thing that i find in and and the clear message is that humans are poisoning nature and what we're doing with the world can end up in our own self-destruction. Right. And this has been a theme that we've known for a while, you know, with the, it's not some, you know, new thing. Of course, this movie was made in the nineties, but even in the nineties, this was something that was commonly known. We are poisoning the earth we live in. But the thing that I really liked about this movie is the humans are also sympathetic. Like they don't feel like, caricatures of yes you know these evil like oh we're scheming and conniving and we want to destroy like there are human representations that you can tell are good people so it doesn't go it, it, it's not necessarily moderation between it but it's like it makes the what you could consider the antagonists of the story i don't think there is an antagonist of the story i uh I forget his name, but Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> I didn't. I watched the dub because I. Oh, didn't, you watched. Yeah. I didn't. I would. I. Is there a way you can watch the dub on HBO Max? Yeah. So you, if oh the you, sub, you mean? Oh yeah, the, I watched the sub. Yeah, sorry, but if you like, there's a play button, and you mm-hmm. just go to the right, and there's a thing that yeah. says English, and you click on that, and it switches honestly, to Japanese. Uh, honestly, I really like the dubs of uh, Studio Ghibli films. They're better than most dubs, but I still prefer the subs, honestly. I mean, and that's I, just that's just me. I get but... to hear Keith David, Kai. It's Keith, Keith David. David. Keith David is great. Who does Keith David play? He plays the giant white boar. Oh, Okoro, Okoko, whatever his name is. Yeah, he plays Keith David. And the wolf, the wolf lady, so fucking good. She brings personality to that character. That not, uh, not Princess Mononoke, like her mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The is, big wolf. Yeah. Mono. Partially. Something like that. Partially, it's like any animation you see of that wolf's face is the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. But combined with the the voice actors, like this very biting tone and this dry sense to the character that she brings, it's excellent. It's very, Mm -hmm. very good. And I get that for a lot of the cast. Um, Is, was the, um, was Mono played by a woman in? yes. Okay, she's played by a guy in the in this in the uh, subtitle. Oh, yeah, really? it's 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 a man's voice, but it's also like warped down to be really deep and earthy, you know, like inhuman yeah. almost. I'm, she sounds inhuman, but she sounds like it's a it's a very good contrast to Keith David as the boar is one thing I will say. But she mm-hmm. talks about how like partially because she uh, we see her get shot very early on in the film. Yeah. And she's like, I am at peace with my death. The boar god ran and mm-hmm. drove to madness. It's very good. She's yeah. very good. I highly recommend you watch the dub and I'll watch the sub at some point. It 
it's those characters specifically that I love, and also uh, the monkeys are very good. <laughs> the monkeys are fucking cracked me up every time. Really? Run. In, yeah. They they uh, part of partially. Yeah, I was like mm, monkey. Like, yeah, no, that's I, exactly I what thinking, I was thinking. I kept thinking M O N K E. Yeah, and I, I was like seeing like the memes of like them swimming through the water, like you know. Yeah, but the voice. In that those characters were one of the like big things that reminded me of wizards mm. uh yeah they're very good they have this like just and i i like them better when you can't explicitly see them as monkeys because there's a scene close to the end of the movie where you see them and they're like gorillas yeah but throughout but... most of it it is like these shapes with red eyes and it's it's awesome they're super cool the while we're at this the character design for this movie is so fabulous. Okay, but here's the thing. Every Studio Ghibli, every Miyazaki movie, I'm going to stop calling it Ghibli or Ghibli because I'm going to mess that up, but every Miyazaki movie has fantastic uh, uh, character design. You know, like, I think I've, I don't think I've seen a Miyazaki film, and I've seen a lot of Miyazaki films, but I've never seen a film where I see the characters and I'm like, huh, this is kind of drab like they always look yeah so unique and incredible and it's it's a, it's also very simplistic yeah especially with the main character what's his name uh or uh, uh, kitty kitty miko something like that starts with a k and it ends with an o yeah. i think i i what i love about him is how his character design so excellently combines with his thematic origin in this story I, that's not a good way of saying it but the way he looks and the way he feels as a character got were got what got me very excited for what the rest of this movie was going to be. Okay. The- also, I was super wrong about the name. His name is Ashitaka. I was <laughs> I thought was stupid. Uh, uh, what was that? Wow. Oh no! You know what it is? Uh, it's because I've been watching The Boys, and it's Kimiko is the name of the girl. Oh. So that's why. Oh well, stupid me. I'm racist. This is the second time this has happened on this podcast. <laughs> Um, his, it's like the, the idea of his character very much reminded me of like samurai movies. Oh uh, yeah. Just like thematically of a exiled prince doomed to die using his last, like the, the rest of his life to find what poisoned the animal that like ended up causing so much pain. This is a samurai movie. Just straight up. Yeah, yeah. It's a it samurai is. movie. It's straight up movie. It's and a I, fantastical samurai movie. It makes movie. me yes. And that was one of the other things. This movie has a very similar like concept to Yojimbo, which is one of my favorite samurai movies. I have not seen Yojimbo yet. I, I intend to. It sucks that you haven't. Have you seen A Fistful of Dollars? I have not. Damn it! I was gonna say congratulations. <laughs> you've seen Yojimbo, but well, most westerns just straight up are. Nope. Okay. I got a lot of movies I gotta watch, dude. There are there are three movies that that use pretty much the exact same concept, and you haven't seen any of them, but it's fine. Uh, and specifically, Fistful of Dollars and Yojimbo, because Fistful of Dollars is directly a remake, intentionally. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Magnificent Seven is of Sam of Seven Samurai. Yes. Okay. Western uh, Western people were like, yo, Akira Kurosawa, let's just keep making your shit. Not even Western um, people, just straight up Italians. <laughs> the Ital- 
Uh, Magnificent Seven isn't spaghetti western. Is it I not? Don't think. No. Oh. I don't think it is. I could be wrong about that. I I, I have not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've. I. I might be wrong. I could be wrong about that. Let me let me Google that just to make okay. sure. This should just be a segment. The segment where we Google stuff. We should have like Google Music playing. Oh, but then I have to make the Google Music. That's too much work. Yeah, I'm good. I, it doesn't say. Thanks. Thanks, Google. Um. Da, 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 da. No, I don't think so. You don't think? Okay. I'm pretty sure it isn't. Uh, it is it is closer to spaghetti westerns than a lot of American cowboy movies. Mm-hmm. So it's not I like John Wayne. No, no, yeah, it's not. Fistful though is a spaghetti western, right? Oh yeah, it's okay, the first, okay. It's the first spaghetti western. Yeah, okay. I was like pretty sure, like that's Sergio yeah, Sergio Leone. Leone. Okay, yeah. Okay, just making yes. sure I have my okay. Yeah. Yes, he made Fistful of Dollars a few dollars more. Good, the bad, and the ugly. And also, didn't he do Once Upon a Time? Yes. Yeah. But I was talking about those three because those are a trilogy. Right, yeah, yeah. All I same know. character. Uh, man with no name. But yeah, Blue Eyes. Yojimbo, back to Yojimbo, which is one of my personal favorite samurai films, is a movie about a samurai or like a ronin. I'm not quite completely sure which it is supposed to be within the film, who goes to a town where two warring gangs are fighting for power and he plays both sides. Gangs um, of New York. I haven't seen Gangs of New York. Is that, that what that is? I've seen... Okay, I haven't actually seen it, but I kind of know a little about it, so I might be super wrong. Actually, don't pay Maybe. attention to me. I might be wrong. I'm probably yeah, very wrong. Gangs of New York. I'll watch it at some point. That's Scorsese, right? I think so. Yeah, then I'll watch it. Love Scorsese. Um... But that's what that movie's about. It's about a samurai playing two sides of like a warring gang. Mm -hmm. And this is less like that and more like a movie, which I think is much worse. Little Big Man, which is Dustin Hoffman. Like he's sometimes a white dude, sometimes a Native American. Very bad. What? What? It's like, it is bizarre. It's crazy that that movie got made. I'd have to go watch it again, but I remember watching it again and looking back now. I'm like, what the fuck? But um, I absolutely see the influence of Yojimbo on Princess Mononoke as mm-hmm. this character is kind of walking the line between these two factions. Which well, is not even walking these... the line. He is the line. Yes, that is a very good way of saying it. He is the line between Iron Town and the like beings of nature. Mm-hmm. And he's constantly being called, you're one of them from both sides. Yeah, which I thought like, was fantastic. Yes. Uh, and he's constantly just tired of everyone's shit. It's great. There's a scene where he, where he comes in, which I was kind of sad, but there's a part where, what's the name of the general later, lady? Oh, hold on. Uh, I have a list of the character names pulled up. Uh, her name yes. is Lady Iboshi. Lady Eboshi and Princess Mononoke have a fight, which is what like looks so good. It's it so good. Amazing. I was like, oh, oh, oh my god! I was so happy that I got to see uh, Studio Ghibli rad fucking like fight fight scene. It reminded me of like with... Peter Pan, you know, dagger yeah. with rapier. Yes. Kind of those? Yes. But less racist. But less racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, kind of. No, not really. 
I would like to compare this to Errol Flynn Robin Hood, but it's not really like Errol Flynn Robin Hood. Um, I've not seen the only Robin Hood movie I've seen is the Disney animated one with the fox. So, which is very good. It's my yeah. second favorite Robin Hood movie. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. First is Errol Flynn because that was my first ever favorite movie. Mm. Which one like, is Errol Flynn? Is that the classic one? Yeah. That's okay. the actor who plays Robin Hood is Errol Flynn. Okay. Like mustache goatee, uh, bro. Yeah. Like the the dude in Men in Tights. Yeah. Is doing an Errol Flynn impression. Okay. Yeah. Wesley from from uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride is doing an Errol Flynn impression in Men in Tights. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is, we've gotten off track. <laughs> Back to this movie. But the the main character whose name I've already forgotten. Jesus uh, Ashitaka. Ashitaka interrupts this fight between uh, Ibushi and Mononoke and like just knocks them both the fuck out. Carry what like carries princess mononoke over his shoulder takes a bullet like it's nothing pushes like uh they're like that'll take 10 men to push it and uses his like cursed hand just like and walks out the front door with a bullet through his chest like a gangster he's great it's amazing um oh also uh with the uh the curse that uh he gets when his arm turns all like brown black whatever color it is and he's like doing that there's a bit where you know there's this deity who's like the nature god and it's like pan almost but it's it's the deer god right so the deer god walks by and we only see a silhouette and his arm freaking wigs out like oh yeah it's like bubbles (laughs) and that i remember i remember okay so i watched this movie when i was pretty young i was like seven or eight and short history Mm -hmm. lesson on kai I could only watch Winnie the Pooh until I was like four because I didn't like <laughs> plot lines because anytime something sad happened, I got really sad. Like Superman leaving his parents. Couldn't watch that. Uh, Obi-Wan dying in A New Hope. Couldn't watch that. Like I couldn't watch any movie with a plot line because some character had to be sad at some point because there how has to work. be conflict. Yeah. And I didn't like conflict. Yeah. I wanted everything to be happy. Hence Winnie the Pooh. Anyway. Uh, but point yeah. is, I didn't. I was a very PG centered child. And then I watched this movie where reverse like people's me, heads get, yeah, pretty much reverse Gus. And then I, I watched this movie where heads get shot off with arrows. And then, but I remember specifically seeing when this dude arms, when this dude's arm freaked out, that image stuck with me for so yeah. long. Like it freaked me you know, out. You know what probably creeped me out the most in this movie? Hmm. The nature God's face. Oh, it's, no. Yeah. It's terrifying. I hated it. I hated it's it. terrifying. It's terrifying. I love it. But you're like, oh, God, he's staring into my soul. <laughs> exactly oh, right. You're like, this... I don't like this. It's, oh, it's very well. Like, you're like, very good. Yeah. Uh, Character design, flawless. Uh, oh, yes. Um, Miyazaki, it... I know you're not watching this because you also, you know, are a big celebrity and speak Japanese, but. I good job <laughs> the character design. I, oh, okay. So one thing about this movie that I also found interesting is so most Miyazaki movies, the protagonist is a young child, right? Mm-hmm. You have Ponyo, it's a young boy. You have um Spirited Away, I haven't seen, but I've seen little child. girl of the yeah, it's okay. a girl. It's a and child. My neighbor Totoro, two little girls. Mm-hmm. They're they're the main characters. Basically. All of his children's films have little girls at, or little girls or little boys 
I think there's more little girls than little boys in his movies. Maybe yeah, I might be wrong I, about yeah. that. Yeah, um, Kiki's delivery service. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So on and so forth. Anyway, but they're they're young children because those movies were made for children that age, and he understands that children are going to want to see themselves in movies. And so, but this movie has young adults as the protagonists, yeah. and I and this movie's also rated PG thirteen because you know. People's heads fly only off. Only PG thirteen. It's only PG thirteen, which I thought was what? crazy. How? It That's, feels. There's no way. Like li- limbs don't matter in this movie. <laughs> yeah, just, no, they're, they're just, just gone. Like, they're just like yeah, and like casually, yeah, casually like just whoop. There goes my head. Yeah, and then they'll like people look at their arms like oh oh well yeah. I guess my arms are gone yeah like and it's the cleanest removals ever with like every shot of an arrow like one time he shoots a dude who's holding a sword oh yeah it's the sword and the velocity of the arrow pulls the hands that are holding the sword with him yeah insane it's great um Um, but this movie's pg-13 and i think you know i find it really genius that miyazaki he targets the the movie he targets like the, the age demographic the movie's targeted towards he always makes sure that that age is the age of the main protagonist so that way it has the most lasting effect because you know i'm assuming yeah. that um that uh ashitaka was like 18 or 19 yeah probably. around there yeah yeah and probably same with um uh princess mononoke yeah that or she's like 300 yes yeah, so either that or she's like two billion years old yeah um, i think i think probably like mm, i'm not sure actually she might be well one. she is she is human that's brought up a lot through the movie because the whole point yes. of her character is she's a human who's denying her human instinct kind of kind, she's she's not a human though but in but, fairness but like she's called a human because <clears throat> because She's kind of she's more she's not like a Tarzan. She's not, you know, raised by apes. She's not a Mowgli. Yeah, uh, she is. No, 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 because Mowgli wasn't even the child. The thing is, like San uh or what's the big wolf's name? Big wolf is like her mo- oh no, wait, no, Mowgli also yeah. has I forgot yeah. that wolves raised Mowgli also. Yeah, I, I just dude. What I are just you talking about? like yeah, uh, like she the they're both like literal babies. Raised by animals. Yeah. The difference is like she she was raised as a wolf. Yeah. Unlike Mowgli, who I believe is like a human raised by animals. Mm-hmm. She was a human who got adopted and she's like, you're a wolf now. You're one of us. You are not a human. Yeah. And that's like what she was raised to be. Um. But yeah, so I'd assume they're probably like around the same age, right? Around that young adult area. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They're both they're both young adults. Yeah, and this movie's very much targeted for young adults, saying like, "Look, if we keep going down this path, this is what's going to happen." You know, we will yeah. cause our own destruction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we are the world. We are the future. Michael Jackson stuff. Um, uh, yeah. Let's not talk about the song. It's just, it's just a song. Just referencing a song. I'm being like innocent about it. I'm not talking about anything else. You're the one who brought this up. It's not on me. It's your fault. Okay. Anyway, this movie's good. Um, if you if you like Miyazaki stuff, even if you don't like Miyazaki stuff, how do you? Who doesn't like Miyazaki stuff? Who are you? Yeah. Do you exist? Do you exist? I don't think. Do you you not like 
the best animation anyone has ever done is that do, do you not like that do you not like beautiful storytelling yeah do you not do you not like being made to cry <laughs> well i don't know about that i also man um i do kind of want to talk more about how billy bob thornton is in the dub of this movie that's fucking I can't crazy be, to you, me. You can talk about it. I can't be part of I that know, conversation. I know. But. Yeah, because you didn't watch the dub and you don't know who Billy Do- Bob Thornton is, which Billy sucks. Billy Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Because uh, great actor, Bad Santa is fucking hilarious. And I'm surprised I haven't gotten you to watch that yet. I have no idea what that movie is. Bad Santa? No. I've, I watch it every Christmas and talk about it every Christmas. It's like a I super fucking raunchy movie about a mall Santa who's a bank robber who, who robs the malls that he... Dude, we gotta Does watch it have De Niro Bad in Santa. It? No. Is it because there's a movie with De Niro and it's called Bad Something? No, no, this is actually good. Oh. Okay. Oh, man, we gotta watch Bad Santa. But also, more importantly, the movie Sling Blade, which is another movie we should watch together. Don't I don't know that one either. Yeah, that's another one where at some point we should do this on the show. Okay. Because I'm going to start using this to take advantage of getting you to watch movies you haven't seen yet. (laughs) We have to rename it to the podcast where Gus makes Kai watch movies. And and everyone else on the show who would try to keep them as streaming accessible as possible. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, that's true. Because a lot of movies that we could cover, like where... We can't do the niche ones, you know, the ones that barely anybody yeah. knows about. Which sucks, because I'd love to. Yeah. Well, okay. Th- no, yeah, yeah. Because there are a lot of, like, a lot of smaller movies are more fun to talk about than the big blockbuster ones. Yeah, um, I, in all honesty, I think we should lean more towards talking about movies that we actually think are good. Yeah, well, we should do some of, like, the new releases. Just Yeah, well, yes, we are. We're doing Black Widow tomorrow. Tomorrow? Uh, next week, next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next Black week, Widow. expect Black Widow. That's gonna be if you, if you've seen it already. Good job. I haven't yet, but yeah, that's pretty good. I just watched it. That's all I'm gonna say. Man, this podcast has a lot of detours. Anyway, uh, go ahead yeah, and talk well, about Billy Bob Thornton. This is the two of us. Yes, Billy Bob Thornton is in this, which I still think is fucking weird. He's the little priest guy, but Billy Bob Thornton is very good actor. If you haven't seen Bad Santa, or if you haven't seen sling blade he's in a ton of stuff he's in that show goliath about the lawyer uh he's very good i wish i wish you had seen it because it was crazy to me when i first heard billy bob thornton in a miyazaki film i was like wait 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 what i mean it wouldn't have been crazy to me because i don't know who that dude is i know but it's crazy to me yeah i really i reckon i do recommend you watch the sub because i maybe like I really like the voice actors of it, like the, especially of Ash, Ashitaka. Is that his name? Yeah, Ashitaka and uh, Princess Mononoke do such I a also, good job. But I also think that very much so for the dub. I we can we can we'll at some point we'll watch we'll each watch the other because the dub's fucking fire, dude. I don't doubt the sub is also very good. Mm-hmm. But when you get a stacked cast that has a, a, like a lot of experience in voice acting, that's you know. Um. Yeah. What else should we talk about with this? Is there anything specifically that stuck out to you more? Uh, anything? Oh, oh. Uh, I just had a thought, and it went away from my brain hole. Um. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this. 
the opening sequence with the um I, I don't I think we can just like it, it happens at the very beginning of the movie. There's yes. like a boar and it's a demon uh and it attacks this village and that's where we meet our main protagonist because he fights the boar. Yes. And this brought up something that I thought was that I think is like really cool about this movie and the fact that it's like the violence and the or not just the violence the fighting in it the fights in this Mm -hmm. movie perfectly threads a needle that is grounded but also super fun to watch so yes before is the first example of this right so we have it's this dude our main protagonist fighting a boar riding an elk with like a bow and arrow and shooting its eyes out. And it's it's also mostly not a boar. It's mostly a giant pile of worms with eyes. Yeah. And you only occasionally see the boar. Yes. I think part of what makes it so good is its balance of intensity and momentum. Mm -hmm. Those two things where you're like, you're constantly in it. There's always stakes to the action that's happening. And it's always constantly moving with the best animation. And this this goes on to just have this movie has such good fight sequences. Like there's a bit near the end where uh, Ashitaka is fighting these four dudes. And there's a bit that made me shout out because it's so cool. Dude on a horse, draws back his bow, shoots an arrow at him. He freaking catches it right by his head, puts oh, it on his yes, bow, that, and that, shoots that, the guy off yes, his horse. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's so, good. so good. It looks so good. And it's not like watching that in a movie and you're like, oh, cool guy. There is a flow to how they do it in the animation where you're like, oh, it's yeah, so no, good. it's it's so satisfying. Just and it hits him. It's uh, so good. Audio listeners, yes. screw you. I just did a bunch of hand signals. <laughs> the, <laughs> the action is great. And it's yeah. part of why this movie is so awesome to me is to watch just it's so nice. It's like <clears throat> Make another action thriller, Studio Ghibli. Do it. Well, you I know, don't think you ever will. No, they it. won't. Well, mostly just because. No, wait, no, he did. Okay, Miyazaki's last film was supposed to be the autobiographical one, but then it ended up not being that, and he's still working at Studio Ghibli. So we might get another one. I kind of doubt it, yeah. though, just because yeah, he I've is getting that, very uh, old. It's called Earwig and the Witch, right? That was the new one. It's called Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Gus. Oh. <laughs> Obviously. Gosh, don't you even know your movies? I haven't uh, seen it yet. The animation looks good, but also, like, I've heard not great things. I'm curious, though. We'll get to it at some point in this. Yeah, I do want to watch time. that one. Um, Yeah, other than that, like, without going into spoilers, that's what I got for this movie. Oh, oh uh, yeah. rating. Let's get a rating in real quick for anybody. Right. 10 out, 10, out 10. 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Perfect movie. 10 out of 10. 10 that's out of 10. There's a good guy. Next week. Okay. We'll here's get... the thing 10 out of 10, but not as good as Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. 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 To me, at least. I don't want to compare the two. It's hard, but the, the only reason I thought about that is the fact that Pan's Labyrinth, like they're both excellent movies in their own right. I felt more while watching Pan's Labyrinth. I distinction. L- I like Princess Mononoke more than Pan's Labyrinth, hmm. but I don't know 
about quality because that's like personal preference. Yeah, right. Princess Mononoke is right up my alley in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was not ready to th- see a thriller movie and to see a thriller movie done like that was one of my favorite things. It just made me so happy because right. I love thrillers. There's there is something about the balance between like intensity and suspense that most thrillers ride that just makes me love them, which is kind of why I have a bit of a soft spot for David Fincher, even though I don't know. He made the social network. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. David Fincher made the social. I know, network? right? David like he Fincher. Made, he made What's Fight in the Club, box, and then Fincher? he made yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. He it's it's really weird to me that he made Fight Club and then he made the Social Network. Didn't he make seven in between those? Yeah, no, I'm not not one after the other. Oh, okay, okay. I was but, thinking like, but he made those two movies because one of them is like a harsh criticism of toxic masculinity. And the other one is like fantasizing the dude bro aspect of uh, Mark Zuckerberg's life. Yeah. He's, I mean, fuck Mark Zuckerberg, dude. I just find it um, a shame that we can't cover Fight Club on this podcast. First rule. <laughs> That's such a bad joke. I hate you. I hate you so much, guy. I hate you. Fuck off. No, no. Uh, that was fun. This is the type of fun we have here on Critically Loud. Yeah, so I think we can go into spoilers now. Um, yes, let's go into spoilers. We're probably about halfway through the episode. There's one thing that I wish this movie did, because I thought it would, is that I wish it had ended a lot more like a tragedy. I was conflicted on that because as it was ending i thought the same thing but then i started thinking otherwise so like i kind of agree and i'm also very i'm very conflicted on this because i have different things going through my head because here's what i'll say the ending of the movie is good it's not a disappointing ending in the way that sometimes movies can have what i will say is the movie creates this tragic character and that eventually becomes these tragic characters with him and princess mononoke because they've both been touched by this curse or whatever and there's a moment where you see them both touched by the curse and it feels like they're doomed to die and i and i wish they had leaned on that just because i feel like this movie works best as a tragedy I was because thinking because of like the high drama and the like Shakespearean elements mm-hmm. that it makes me think of. It would have been a very good ending. Yeah, me. I mean, okay, I I thought the same thing when. So there's a you know a bit where um, Yuko the elk he you know goes up, and at first I thought there were there's a shot you know he's Yuko's walking up to like the stone where they had given the deer god his head back. And there are two wolves by uh, like on the rock. And for a split second, I thought those wolves were uh, the two main characters um, oh. like that they had somehow been transformed into nature. And then I thought, huh, that's kind of weird just because one of them wasn't real. like one of them. One of them turning into a wolf would make sense if Princess Mononoke turned into a wolf. That kind of makes sense. But I wasn't sure about um, about Ashitaka. But then when I definitely didn't just scroll to my open page full of character <laughs> names. Um, but 
I actually, I don't know. I think it's a very different movie if you end it as a tragedy. I think both ways work. Again, I'm really conflicted about this because here's the thing. Here's what I'll say, because the way you can end it as a tragedy can go a lot different ways. You can end it like Hamlet ends as a tragedy where everybody dies. (laughs) Or you can end it the way Once Upon a West Side Story ends as a tragedy. (laughs) Once Upon a West Side Story. (laughs) (laughs) Once Upon a West Side Story. Uh, (laughs) Bang! (laughs) (laughs) Bang! It's a terror. <laughs> this is this makes sense to nobody. Than us. No. <laughs> uh, I think what I mainly say when I wish this was a tragedy is that I think, what's his name again? Ashitaka. Ashitaka and Princess Mononoke should have died. Yeah. I don't know if the world should have ended by the Nightwalker with a missing head. I don't think it should have. I think that's. I don't not a... think. I agree. I don't think that's. But I don't know. It, they could have made it work. If anyone could have made it work, it could have been them. Mm-hmm. Them, and that could have been the best possible ending. But my main thing is, I think that those two characters should have died, because I feel like once you set up the president of Ashitaki, Ashitaka, you're close. Ashitaka being doomed to die by the end of the movie i think they should have delivered on that Mm. i'm i'm still conflicted because like the thing is one it is a miyazaki movie miyazaki movies have happy endings i'm not sure one right uh, i haven't seen it but i've heard it's fucking hard to watch i don't know oh fireflies is that a miyazaki movie yeah, I thought it was. Didn't you tell me that it was? I'm Yeah, but I might have been wrong. Hold on. Let me look. Because if that is a Miyazaki movie, then that movie breaks everything. Uh, grave. No, uh, yes, it is. It, it is. is. It is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Most of them have happy endings, except for one movie, which will break you forever. Um, God. Oh, don't make me think about that movie, please. Yeah, we're gonna have I've, to watch it for this. Uh, yeah, this we'll have to watch it. It's I don't know anything about it except for like just from looking at the cover art of it and people talking about how sad it is. I can guess how it ends. I'm gonna tell you right now if we do a podcast episode on that movie, I will cry for a chunk of it. Like, there's no okay, escaping. That's it. fine. You've already like, cried on just, one episode. Just, it's just thinking happen. about it, I'm already like tearing up, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. Anyway, okay, we don't need to go there. But um, I, most Miyazaki movies are happy endings, and I think this one, honestly, I think it works either way because the thing does. about like uh, a like a not necessarily a tragic ending, but a tragic ending. If they both died, right? You get it's like a feeling of sacrifice. These two people. Yes. You get you get this like and also a fulfillment of the beginning of the movie with them getting cursed or with uh, Ashitaka getting cursed. And then later. Yes. Princess Mononoke gets cursed. But I think it also works with the happy ending because it it provides this hopeful sense for the future where it's like you have this character who is you, you, you have these two characters who can now unite nature and humanity. 
and they can build yes. that world together. So I think I honestly, think, either way it works. Either way, it's either a fantastic way it works. Movie. I agree. Why I would like a more tragic ending is like you said before, we have a lot of Studio Ghibli movies with happy endings. Mm-hmm. Also, because a lot of Studio Ghibli movies are directed towards seven or eight yes, year olds. So. I know. But like within that same thing, if we get one that has a more tragic and I think bittersweet is a good way of saying it ending. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. I think it would have been a little bit more emotionally impactful. And I don't think the choice was made of any kind of cowardice or like fear oh, or something. No, happening. this isn't a Disney. It was it was it was an explicit choice. Yeah. So I, I it, it is I'm far less frustrated with it than I am with choices that are made specifically because of capital. Yeah, well, this is better than Raya and Namari not kissing. Raya and Namari should have kissed. I think this yeah. has to be a running thing in our podcast yeah. because they needed to kiss. It's stupid yeah. that they didn't. Uh, <laughs> and fuck Disney in general. Yeah. Well, they, I'm excited for um some of the, 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 the new, what's the new movie called that the trailer released a few weeks ago? In, uh, uh, Encanto? Uh, Oh no! I I thought you were talking about the trailer that released for the Pixar movie like today. There's Have a new Pixar. No, I haven't. Yeah, it looks very good. It looks oh. very good. It looks fun. I haven't seen the Encanto trailer yet, but I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, I, the Encanto trailer, that movie, it looks very good. It looks like one Stephanie Beatriz is the lead voice, and I love Stephanie Beatriz. If you don't know who she is, she's uh, Rosa in uh, in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's oh, also the lady who I was like, oh, it's the lady from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but in, in the Heights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she plays one of the cousins in, in the Heights, uh, yes, one of the yes. hairdressers. I forget which one um, or what her name is. Anyway, uh, she's the main voice in that. And I love her. I think she's a very good actress uh, who is very funny if she needs to be anyway. But also like the animation is it's Disney, but it's way more creative than most. Like it's very musically based. You know, the animation hmm, moves with the music. All right. I, I haven't seen this trailer yet, so I'm very curious. I know I want to watch it, but yeah. Also, Lin-Manuel Miranda does the music because it's going to be a musical. And hell yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda is great. Uh, yeah, he knows how to write music. He very much does. I don't know if he knows how to write stories, but he knows how to write music. He knows how to write stories. What you talking about? I don't know. The ending, the, in the Heights, there's some, I think, uh, there is not a lot of stakes to it. And that's not an original uh, idea. I'll say that. But a large criticism of that movie is that it's not really going anywhere the whole time. I mean, the whole uh, thing is it's so, a glimpse into the lives of yes, these people in the barrio. Yes, but it's a movie. Well, it was right? a, it's based off a play, though. That's the yes, thing. but it, and even if it was a, it was a musical, so it's still a musical. Yeah. Right? I don't and know. It, I still it think it works. Of, I the my bigger problems with it are the fact that it doesn't really know how it wants to define Vanessa and Usnavi's relationship and it kind of gets confusing because <laughs> mm. like in the first half it's like oh it's Usnavi who doesn't want to make the move and Vanessa wants him to make the move but in the second half it's like oh Usnavi's wanting to make the move but Vanessa doesn't want to make the move and it and it's like I get what you're going for but it doesn't really work well, it's mostly the act one, act two separation, but I see what you mean. Yeah. Because yeah. the movie doesn't have the act one, act two separation. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this isn't Benny, about Benny's that. Benny's great. We love Benny. Benny's I love the actor amazing. for Benny. Best part of the movie. Yeah. That's a complete detour. You got a mini episode on In the Heights. Good job. Yeah, we did it. God, um, we, we, we went on so many detours this episode. It's 
Well, I think just because all over the place, this movie is like it's kind of heavy to talk about because like it is it's it has very dark themes. I think more of it is because we talked very in depth about Pan's Labyrinth. That's true. Uh, which yeah. has heavy, heavy themes. And I honestly, looking back, I think I went uh, like as far as descriptive wise, I think I was a little too weird with it, but it's fine. I don't think so. Like, but, um, I think we should have done a little more research on Spanish. That too. Yes, that we should have done. Uh, and this movie, I think the bigger thing is, is that it's very simple plot in certain ways. Uh, and it's a movie that you just want to watch. Yeah. And a movie you really just want to get into. In yeah. My I'll, I'll say overall, like an overall simple plot, but the intricacies in the plot. Yes. Kind of like Luca. Luca goes exactly the way you expect it to, but the the inner scenes within that, like it's it's all about the journey, not the destination, you know? Yes. This is very in- much a journey movie. Yes. <laughs> in- that's soundtrack the- composed by Journey. <laughs> Don't kill nature. <laughs> it will murder everyone. Uh, now we part and go our separate ways. If she ever... Uh, that one just works. That song. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. Won't desert you. Imagine, like, even, you I know, uh, Ashitaka riding the white wolf, just like riding <laughs> to her rescue. Uh, man, that would actually be kind of great. Fucking all right. Now I'm thinking about the guitar solo from Separate Ways. It's a very good guitar solo. Yeah, I Um, can't do it with my voice, but it's very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie is like, it's very good. And one of the things I did want to uh talk about, which is kind of interesting, is like, I really, really like the what's her name, the character of um, Lady Iboshi. Yeah, she, the prince. Yes. She is a fantastic character study. Yes. Partially because I think I do think she is not a good person. She is a bad person. But but there's a kind but, of yeah. similar to Cersei Lannister from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. She has things that she cares about. Yes. I and mean, we'll she has her. done good. Yes, but like I don't think that's the important part of like taking away from her. Cause she's very explicitly a person who wants to have power. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, there's people that she cares about and thinking about that through like the lens of having done good is kind of looking at it. It's like, she did this, but she also did this, which I think it's more about her being a fleshed out character with wants and ambitions mm-hmm. that makes her interesting because I, I, I don't think there's a singular antagonist to this movie. Oh, there, I don't think there's an but there antagonist. Are character, but there are characters who are villains. Yeah, she, there are villains, but there are not antagonists. Yeah, because the whole, like, one of the things I like is, like, the side of nature is also kind of flawed. It's it's flawed, but it's never antagonistic. Exactly, yeah. Saying. So that's the thing. It's very much like... Um, I, I I do think, I, what I will say is, it the movies do not need to be like well both sides have good points Mm because then you get into like liberalism and trying to like give ground well it just it doesn't make a good as a movie it doesn't make a good point if it's being wishy-washy about its themes 
yes. the whole but the thing that this movie balances it with because at some there are some points where it's kind of like you know both sides have good points to it but the thing about this movie is it never loses its moral compass it always understands that humans were the start of it and even yeah. if there are because they do show off good humans like that one lady and uh who's in yeah the, like the lead lady who's in the iron town or whatever it is she's a mm-hmm. good person also, also this movie just sorry spinning off of that go ahead this movie has a bunch of badass warrior prostitutes which is my favorite yes. thing ever yeah like they explicitly say throughout the whole movie that they came from the local brothels and they work iron and they ain't afraid to fuck somebody up with a giant gun they freaking shoot great. people it's amazing they sh- yeah yes um, um and they yeah, no, this in- this movie has incredible like women in power is very yes good job at and that. it is characterization mm-hmm. is i think the best way of describing it every person in this movie is a character you don't really have a caricature True. everybody has a everybody has a set of beliefs and wants and desires that they will stand behind and abushi is the character who at a certain point makes the choice to leave behind the thing that she wants to do something else which is to kill a god mm-hmm I think there is one character who's a little bit of a caricature. And I think oh. that's um, <sighs> back to my thing, my list of names. Uh, Gonza, who's like the main, the the main, oh. like the right-hand man of... Yeah, of, uh, he's played by Ibushi. John DiMaggio in the dub. So that's he what is? I do him as. It's yeah, like, Bender? It's like, yeah, Bender's the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, uh, I think he's the only caricature just because he's kind of like caricature of dumb, yeah. strong brute. He's he's a bit of your comic relief. Yeah. Oh, he uh, definitely he's he's the comic relief of this movie. There, this movie is very funny at points. Yeah, there's his, good comedy he, in it. Well, I'll say he his the, the character comes from his one desire is he is the person who serves the queen and will stand by her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But the all the characters are multi-dimensioned especially like the two uh the two leading ladies which are princess mononoke and lady aboshi because uh they both represent the opposite sides of they're both a rep well okay other than the actual animals themselves princess mononoke is the representation of nature and uh uh lady i literally said her name two seconds ago lady aboshi is the representation of the side of humanity and so having yes. those and, and that's why less, that fight between them is so le, cool yeah and less the side of humanity and the let and more like the side of ambition mm-hmm. is i would say what she represents uh she represents ambition billy bob thornton's character the priest represents uh greed or he calls himself a monk but he's like a hunter mm-hmm. uh represents greed uh yeah uh, for the most part, and then the many people in Irontown represent, I don't know, like the desire to like survive. Yeah, well, by. I think the that's one of the great things this movie does is it's like the common person is not the bad guy. They're just trying to live life, you know? Yeah, they're just like, trying to survive. Exactly, yeah. Like n- none of the individual humans you necessarily hate. Like even, even Lady Eboshi and the monk guy, Billy Bob Thornton's character, I never found myself hating any like any of them. 
Like there's a lot yeah, of movies I, where there's a villain. I was and you're kind like, of surprised where the when the monk came back as like a hunter. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I was right because the first time you see him, he's like, oh, he's just a dude who's like cool. He's a plot device. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, and then nope, <laughs> nope. This dude straight I, up takes the head. Yep. Well, because uh, he wants to give it to the emperor because that bird thinks it'll give him immortality, right? Yeah. Also, um, I did have to restrain myself when uh when they're giving the head back to the um to the deer god when mm-hmm. uh uh Ashitaka and uh San are doing that I really had to resist the joke of saying oh look they're giving the deer god head oh that's a terrible yeah, joke I know it was and horrible made it. but my brain was like I have to do it and now I've done it <laughs> and I don't feel any better but I did it yeah. this this movie is very good at characterization yeah uh, um, and I am very hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want- oh, this is the, sorry. One more thing. This is the first Miyazaki film that I can think of that doesn't have like a zoom in on food that makes me super hungry because almost True. all Miyazaki True. movies have like a zoom in on like ramen or something. And like every time I see it, and this is one of the reasons I don't like to watch Miyazaki movies too frequently is because I'm always super hungry afterwards because I'm like, oh man, mm. I really want some ramen. Uh, I get mad yeah. at myself. Well, we'll get to that when we get later, f- further into the series. Yeah. Uh, I think we can start wrapping up, though. Uh, yeah. This has been Critically Loud. We talked about uh, Princess Mononoke. <clears throat> this is going to be the first in a series of maybe not all, but a good chunk of Miyazaki movies. Yeah. Um, uh, if you have a favorite Miyazaki movie, let us know in the comments. And we'll, yeah. s- we'll we'll check it out. I'm sure. Yeah, it, I'm sure we'll get. Uh, how about this? Whatever the most comments we'll see is the next Miyazaki film we'll do. Yeah. Uh, um, and if nobody comments, then we'll just choose because that happens sometimes. Yeah. Too. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. <laughs> if you're not, if you're listening to this on audio, uh, uh, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you're using it. Uh. I think you can rate us on Apple podcasts. I don't know how yes, that works. Leave a review. Yeah. Do that uh, thing. That's uh, very helpful. We have two five-star reviews so far. So, you know, we're legit. Uh, Cause two people. Yeah. Think we're good at this. Um, and one of those is definitely not me. Anyway, this has been critical. <laughs> Wait, for real? Did maybe, you get this? Maybe, maybe, uh, possibly. Anyway, this is, we All don't right, have well, the other one. That. Isn't me just to be clear. Yeah. It's uh, sure. 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 Gus. I- I see through you. This looks like an Apple phone to you, Kai. It's still get Apple Pot. Oh, no, you can't. No, I can't. Oh, yeah. Anyway, this has been Critically Loud. Uh, thanks for yeah. listening. Uh, Next week, we are going to be Widow. watching Black Widow. Uh, before we do it, um, go watch the movie. It's available on Disney+. Plus. Is That's premium, right? You yeah, you have to like pay $30, 30 for it. Yeah. Which, at this point, is fucking ridiculous. Just go see it in the theater, honestly. Yeah, go th- see it in theater. I spent $8 to go watch it today. I'm assuming most of you are going to end up going to watch Black Widow anyways, but, you know, go see it uh, and like be prepared to let us know what you think about it. Same thing with this movie. Let us know what you thought about uh, Princess Mononoke if you've seen it. All right, All right. this has been Critically Loud. Uh, go use a paper straw.